Hi, everyone. This is Markeisha, and thank you for coming to the Markeisha Hall podcast. I am your host, and I'm so excited to be having Molly, the autism consultant, on today. I'm going to let her introduce herself, and then we're going to get into it. Hi, Markeisha. I'm so excited to be here. So first of all, thank you for having me. But yes, as you said, I am an autism consultant, and I work with parents who have children that have been diagnosed with autism. I actually was an autism teacher and I would spend my days in the classroom and then I would spend my evenings chatting it up with my students' parents who were texting and calling saying, hey, my daughter or my son is doing X, Y, and Z at home. Can you help me? Can you help me with you know any strategies that are going to help? So I almost felt like I was doing two jobs. And finally, I asked myself, who's supporting the parents? And I decided to start my own business and make a switch from supporting the kids to supporting the parents. So here I am as an autism consultant. That is so awesome. And I appreciate that because I know there's lots of, um, I think we were just talking about how we had the knowledge as um, being into special education and that knowledge didn't apply to us at home. So we need to get that information to the parents so they can you know, see the full child as full things outside the classroom too, which is so important. So tell us a little bit about what does that support? What does that look like? Yeah. So um, I have two ways right now that I work with parents. So I have a group membership program where we meet once a week. We have a few different times on Thursdays and we meet and it's just, you know, whatever the parents are needing to work on. I basically create the action plans for them. Um, and tell them exactly what to do to move beyond that barrier. And then I also have an online course that I had just launched, Autism Action Plans, where it does that, but you don't have to make the time commitment to show up, you know, every Thursday at 2 or 8 p.m., which I know is, can be really hard for parents. And so that's why I created an online course, because I want everybody to have access to this information. Um, it's just such valuable information about You know, first, how to set up a home that really supports an autistic child's needs and then how to address different behaviors and skills like potty training. We just talked about potty training before we went live here, Um, just giving parents the exact action plans to move forward. Right. And I like that um, it's practical. We were also just talking about um, books. I think you had a maybe a client that said their pediatrician, they were talking to them about um, some issues that they were having. They're like, oh, just read this book. And I have been guilty of when I was in the classroom prior to raising my child who's autistic um, and seeing how ridiculous that sounded now that I'm reflecting, saying, oh, you have this, you read this book. Yep. There's not, that's not a practical if you're already in it. So I know, I'm yeah. Talking to parents while they're in it and um, helping them structure. You said structure their home to best support their autistic child. What are some, what does, what does that mean? Tell us what that yeah, means. So we basically, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into the environment and the environment is, it's actually what triggers a lot of different behaviors. And um, it sometimes hinders kids from moving on past the behavior or it stop or we stop the process of learning before it even begins because the environment is not set up for their needs. And the easiest, the very easiest way to get started. I mean, there are a lot of moving parts, but the easiest that I recommend parents do is getting some sort of visual schedule in place to really help their kids executive functioning skills and help them, 
you know, create that more predictable environment for them that's really set up for their needs. And I do get a lot of pushback on this, but I do want to point out that we all use extra supports in our life and we don't think anything of it. We don't think of it as an added Right. You know, support. We don't think of it as a burden. We don't think of it as one more thing we have to do. I mean, like I use my alarm clock this morning. Yeah. I use Google Calendar to remind me that I'm meeting with you. Those right. are all added supports. And we're like, oh, like it makes life easier. It, you know, it yeah. it helps me be more successful. And that's the same thing with a a visual schedule. You know, it, it helps the child be more successful. And I think I always I also get pushback from this because. Parents just don't want to carry around this thing. You know, they feel like it's this added thing that has to go with them everywhere. But you can have um, like technology based visuals visuals as well. I know I just recently saw somebody on TikTok. She is an autistic young adult. And she just said, I wish I had her name on TikTok, but I can't remember. Um, But anyway, she had said that she has sensory differences to where basically her bladder and her brain don't talk to each other. So she doesn't know how full her bladder is and she doesn't know when she needs to go sit on the toilet. So what her parents have helped her with is she has a smartwatch, an Apple watch, and her parents have built in different bathroom breaks throughout the day to give her that opportunity to go empty her bladder and help her be successful at basically going to the bathroom and doing the same thing her same age peers do. She just goes about it a different way with a different support. So I think that's so cool. And it's totally a version of a visual schedule because a little picture of a bathroom pops up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like, I like that example because I do, um, when you say pushback, I do understand what you're talking about um, Mm -hmm. because I've had parents are like, Oh, we don't want to, carry that around and maybe have them like um, stick out or things like that. But it is helping them to become more independent, which is what we want as parents, right? We want them to be as independent as they can. And that's um, utilizing that watch started probably didn't maybe start as a watch. I'm assuming when she was younger, probably it started as something that was more um, developmentally appropriate for her at that time. Yeah, probably started as a more traditional laminated visual schedule. And as she got older, yeah, I'm assuming her parents or therapists or teachers, whoever, you know, wanted to help her be more like her same age peers. I mean, nobody wants something that looks different, makes them look different from somebody else. And it gets hard once a child gets to a certain age and really starts noticing that they're using some different tools. Um, You know, but I do tell parents when, when they do give me pushback, I tell them that, okay, yes, it's extra work for the parent in the beginning. It's like parent heavy in the beginning, but the goal is for the parent to fade back and that support stay there. So yes, the child's still prompted by something. They're prompted by the support and no longer prompted by the adult. And then how cool would it be for, you know, you wake up in the morning and you just tell your your son or your daughter, it's time to get ready for school. And they have their visual schedule getting ready for school. And that parent no longer has to walk them through every step. That parent no longer has to pull out their clothes from the closet and help them get dressed. That child can be completely independent and successful with getting ready for school. And that's, that's exciting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And and also I think part, part of the pushback again, you know, another reason is I work with parents of such young kids and sometimes parents aren't ready to give 
some of that, you know, help and assistance. They think, oh my gosh, my son's only three. Like, I don't want him getting, he's my baby. (laughs) But yeah, if we start these supports now and they get comfortable using them, it makes it that much easier once they are older to transition into being more independent. Right. And I, and I totally agree with that. I, Always, I have an 18 year old going to college. My baby, she's going to college. They're like, Do you want mommy to? (laughs) So I get it. I get it, parents. I do. But it is important to begin those things. So, you, the earlier that you can um, start helping them be more independent, then you can see what maybe what the roadblocks or maybe what doesn't work. Right. So, you might put a support into place that doesn't work for that that Mm -hmm. child. And the earlier on that you can be like, you know what, this doesn't work, but let's try this. And then you find something that that does work for them that can help them move towards um, independence um, so they could be with their um, same age peers. Absolutely. And, you know, you bring up a great point. Finding what works is might be just as important as finding what doesn't work, because, you know, you you basically are going to be carrying around this invisible toolbox for your child their whole life. And you're throwing in the tools that work. And then once you find something that doesn't work and they don't respond well to, you are throwing those tools out. So, you know, you know, there's another option and there's always another option. But going into the IEP process, knowing what does and doesn't work, you're going to help that team that works with your child be one step ahead because you can communicate exactly what you've tried in the past, what they respond really well to and what, you know, is not going to work so well. And they just don't even need to kind of waste their time trying. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, the, and things always change. <laughs> things oh, change. Yeah. The style changes. And so those things are, um, I always say funny. like people, uh, maybe parents feel like, oh, they're failing or they didn't meet this um, milestone or this goal. And I always want to flip it to opportunity to be like, well, now we know it doesn't work. So let's go into this other direction. And what's great about having a support like yourself would be that you see, you work with a lot of different families. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say, I feel like I'm a cheater. I, mm-hmm. I, I have a cheat sheet because I was in the classroom. So I saw a lot of different behaviors, a lot of different things that worked and didn't work. And that helps shape, you know, outside when it's just your kid at home, then you kind of see that and you maybe see your friends or you maybe look on the internet. I'm sure you get this from a lot of parents like, oh, Sally's doing this and my baby's not doing that. And they're the same age. And, um, and when you, when you teach and you work with different families, you're like, oh, you have just a different perspective. You're like, oh, girl, I've got something for that. You know, and it's hard because comparison is honestly the bigger, biggest killer of joy. And we all do it. We all knock ourselves down and we don't give ourselves enough credit. But I actually, I really like when my clients, you know, they say, well, you know, my son's not doing this. Like he did really poorly with this, blah, blah, blah is going on. And I'm like, Okay, but what you just told me, that scenario you just told me, I can I can list 10 things right now that are working, blah, 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 and, you know, and they're like, huh, I've never thought about it that way. And I tell them, well, that's why I'm here, because I need to give you a whole new perspective, because a lot is working. You're just probably not giving yourself the credit for it. Right. And lots of parents are just so hard on yourself. You feel like what... Words from parents, like, if I can't help my kid, 
then what kind of parent am I? Mm-hmm. And, and I want them to know that they're, I went to school <laughs> to learn about IEPs. I was, my master's is in early childhood special education. It wasn't mm-hmm. that I didn't know this stuff. I went to school for years to know this stuff then yeah. put it into practice. And, and the same goes read like, we don't know this stuff. Um, but we want you to know, we want parents to know this stuff. Exactly. I know there's so many things that I'm like, I just want a megaphone to scream it from the rooftops because you all need to know this. I promise it'll make life easier. <laughs> so you can just enjoy your parenting, um, parenting journey and, and not feel bad or, or you know, yeah. don't feel bad. No, it's okay to feel how you're going to feel, but know that there is um, resources out there that can can help and that if one doesn't work then try you know try the next one absolutely and it is a journey like you said and you know looking at so-and-so's daughter on the internet who seems to be an overnight success with everything that she does might not be what it seems you know just because her mom posts a picture of her being potty trained doesn't mean that she didn't work on that for six months straight doesn't mean that her child didn't cry and have like refusal behaviors every time she even said the word potty. We just need the glory. We see, you know, the, the finished product that's like shiny gold lights coming out of it, but we don't see all the hard work that goes into that. You know, we don't see what goes wrong and we automatically think, wow, that was not hard for them. And I'm on the trenches here really struggling. Right. Yeah. And we, we, and, and meeting parents out there. We're meeting you guys where where you guys are. You're making the first step if you're listening to the podcast and hopefully following on Instagram, um, Molly, so you can get some tips. She gives great tips daily on there. I'm learning lots of, of things on there also. Mm-hmm. And it's just about, um, yeah, just being on, on the journey. So what is one of the main, I shouldn't say main, because I know it's got to be a lot of, a lot of <laughs> A lot of different things, but I know one thing that I hear about a lot about for families um, and taking it outside the classroom is the behaviors, mm-hmm. different um, behaviors, and not just um, managing the child's behaviors, but being out in public like Target. I would say, Mama's got to get to Target. We <laughs> can't get to Target because, you know. Joe doesn't like to be in his car seat. There's so many things that go into there. Do you have a lot of practical like skills or issues that the parents are talking about that you can help them kind of work through? Well, first of all, I don't behave well at Target either. (laughs) My husband would say I don't either. (laughs) I love Target. But yeah, absolutely. So you know, I would say that if if I were in that situation, what I probably would start working on is implementing any as much positive reinforcement as possible at home with my son or daughter before I moved outside of the home to, you know, work on behavior. So I do have a free token board on my website that people can go to and grab for free download. But the whole concept is, you know, you implement it at home and you are giving a token on this token board for any and every positive behavior because we, you know, although we're just giving the child a laminated token, they feel like they're earning something and that feels good. They're being recognized 
for um, for their behavior, for their hard work. And we might not think it's hard work, but for that child, it probably is hard work. So we are giving a token any and every time we see really positive and appropriate behavior and they're working for a bigger reward. And basically we just use the token board over all day long. We never take away tokens. So we are putting all the attention on the behaviors that we want with this system and we're never taking away tokens. And that's what I see a lot of is this being misused because if we take away a token, we are communicating to the child that, Oh, all your hard work and effort. It really didn't mean that much because in a split second, I just took away your reward for it. So we never take away. Um, And I would work on using that, make sure the child's um, very well aware of how the system, how the reward system works And then I would take that token board outside of the house and, um, you know, practice it, maybe just use it in the backyard. And then the next time I would use it in the car ride and, you know, I would just go take a 10 minute lap and use a token board and, you know, keep rewarding the child for positive behavior. And then the next step would be maybe going to target and using the same, same reward system. Um, You know, just really proving to the child that, Hey, I recognize you for this positive and appropriate behavior. I'm proud of you for it. And I'm going to make sure you know that you get rewarded for that. I'm going to create the motivation for you to engage in those positive and appropriate behaviors over the challenging behaviors. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you that the challenging behaviors no longer get reinforced and you get Basically, you get everything you want with these positive behaviors. I, I, you know, the parent still has the ultimate control on, you know, what the rewards are and everything, but they're getting what they want at the end of the day. Right. And I like that it's broken down into little steps because I think, especially when it's like your first kid, I feel like that, even though my first kid's 18, you're like, even a lot more pressure. By the fourth kid, Josiah, he sometimes has candy for dinner. I don't know. (laughs) You're an old pro, but the first, the first one, you're like, Oh, you know, you're like, I want to do this big thing and I'll just use target. I want to go to target, but we can't. And you're thinking like, since we can't do that big step at one time, then uh, just forget it. And I like you say, like, try it at home, try Mm -hmm. in the backyard, take a walk around the block, trying this new technique, take a, take a ride to target. Maybe you guys aren't getting out. Maybe, you know, there's just different, there's steps to, it's not like all or nothing. Like we're going to Target, we're going to have a successful trip. And even if you go to Target, right, and it's not, and they do have a meltdown or they don't get out the car, that's still a success, right? Because it was one step closer to what it was um, than not trying to do anything at all. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times we have to break down the skill into much more simple, much more manageable steps for that child. But sometimes for us adults as well, you know, those steps are not only for the child, they're for us as well, because like you said, it's overwhelming. It's a big task to accomplish. So we need those baby steps too. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And, and just honoring that. And we want to, we want all the parents out there to know that it's just is for same baby steps. Um, But each step towards a goal, um, a personal goal, a family goal, your child's mm-hmm. um, own personal goals um, is a step towards progress. Yeah. You know, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for progress. We're not looking for for perfection. Nobody attempts something and it's like perfect right away. It's okay to break it down and, you know, let it be a process. Yeah. You know, that's perfectly fine. And that's how most people do things. They make it a process. I think you just did a a post on 
I'm trying to, I'm doing a round circle like they can see me. Yes, on on the success. So I talk about how, you know, failure is kind of an illusion when we just like zone in on this like one little section. I had a picture of a graph and and the graph was basically going down. But if you zoom out, you see that we, we started down low and the graph just slowly went up, down, up, down. But as it went up, it was like going way higher up, seeing much more progress. But what we were really intently focused on was, you know, this this one little hiccup that really when you zoom out, it meant nothing in the grand scheme of things. And that child still, you know, skyrocketed their skills from where they were, you know, however many months ago. Go back and look at that post, guys. I don't know which one it was, but it has a graph on it. And it was really like amazing. Like we zoom in on like, oh, no, we're. We're not, or even sometimes if it seems like it's going backwards, because um, I know sometimes you feel that way, um, but they could be excelling in another skill. For example, my son is working, he has OT, his writing skills and his, um, what am I trying to say? His two different skills. I can't think of them right now, but one <laughs> seems like it's going backwards. He's working so harder on the other one. The other one's like booming. And I don't know why I can't think of it as my own kid right now. But <laughs> one of these, he's and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know. You know, I was just like, oh my gosh, like you're doing so well on this. And then we're looking at maybe another skill like writing. And I'm like, you knew how to write the eight. You were just writing your name, but it all kind of starts to equal itself out as he's putting so much effort in this new skill and or, or excelling at a new skill that some of the other ones might seem like they're but they maybe have already achieved it. And it seems like, well, you had that and now you don't. It's still all in there, but you're spending more of the your brain power on those other skills. And that happens, right? Yeah. It's just a, yep. And it's very, yeah, it's very unrealistic to think we're going to excel so much on every single skill we work on. That is so not reality, but it's hard to step back and be okay with that a lot of times. Right. We all want to be so good everything. And we, especially parents, parents want nothing but their child to excel in every different area and every different skill. But the reality is I don't know anybody that excels at everything all at the same time. I think it comes and goes. Right. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's even harder these days, these days, I feel like (laughs) I know when Taylor was younger, their social media wasn't like it is now. Now it's like, yeah, it's a lot. Do you want to put the moments in the squares? And I'm sure you encourage parents to, what what do you encourage parents? And what would you say to parents out there um, when they're looking at their um, nieces or nephews or kiddos that are in the same age as their child um, posting and feeling like their child's not um, meeting those things. What Do you have anything encouraging to say to them? Yeah, there's actually something that I basically made one of my clients do like months ago because she was, she was a major, you know, she compared everything and she couldn't see the progress her son was making, even though I was saying, whoa, listen, I'm telling you right now, your son has done this, that, this, that, that has been so amazing and made so much progress. So I made her every single night, she had to make a list. So her husband got home from work late. So she had to make a list of five things that her son did so well at and that she was really proud about. And she had to tell those five things to her husband. And I made her do it for two weeks straight. (laughs) So I encourage parents to do that. 
Make a note for yourself of what is working really well. Make a note of what your son or daughter has accomplished, what they did good with today. Doesn't have to be today, just, you know, over, over the past, you know, couple of weeks, what have they made progress on? Put it on a sticky note, put it in your bedside table drawer. And when you have a hard moment, when you have a tough moment, you pull that note out and you remind yourself of how far you, your son, your daughter have come Um, You know, because your child is doing things now that were once really difficult and really hard. And you need to give yourself and your child that credit. So write it down and put it in front of your eyes. So it's proof to your proof to yourself that it's happened. Yes. Don't be so hard on yourself. That's like the number one thing when I'm talking with parents, um, even though it's about IEPs, we always talk about all the other things because it's all connected it's like, wait, whoa, 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 you're way too hard on yourself. Like, you're not going to get it right. I already have it in my head. I'm going to do something that when they get older, they're going to be like, you know what? I really didn't, I really didn't like those French toast that you made me. <laughs> Mom, I really didn't what? like them. Who would not love French toast? <laughs> they're going to, it's going to be something. So just be comfortable, parents, that it's going to be something and know that the decisions that you are making right now is out of love out of the capacity that you have right now, out of love for your child. And when you know better, or if you, if they're able to start to express that they don't like something or they do like something that that's okay to change, right? Yeah. It's okay to change the, change the course of direction course or the, what you're going to go. We were going in this direction mm-hmm. and now that's not working. It's okay. And just be comfortable because, you know, we're parents, we're going to do something. They're going to tell us, <laughs> we'll yeah. find out who they're adults. And at that point we can um, apologize and make up, make up for it. They'll, they'll one day tell you what you did wrong. Right. <laughs> I, have one, I have one client. It was so funny. Um, his son was like having a meltdown. I want to say they were like at a jump park or something. And so his son's having a meltdown. And in the middle of the meltdown, he says, and then last year for Christmas, you didn't get me blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, yeah. There it is. He's telling you exactly what you did wrong. <laughs> it's gonna come out. So just, just know that and be comfortable with it and be, yeah. you know, be ready to prepare for it. So living in, I think um just living in that kind of um state. And I know you know what I'm talking about because you talk to a lot of parents, is it is fearful. I would, like I said, it's different from your first, second, your third, your fourth. The first one, you're like, oh my gosh. I remember crying when um, Taylor got her first cavity <laughs> and good. I brushed her teeth every, you know, just like she, my first kid, we did everything by the yeah. book, read all the books, what to expect when you're expecting all those types of things. Yeah. And I brushed her teeth and she didn't eat gummies and she didn't take, well, she didn't take a bottle, but she didn't eat um, like juice before bed and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so her first cavity, I cried like, Oh my gosh, I ruined her teeth. You know, and the doctor is looking at me like uh, the dentist. Well, you don't have to worry about that. That's her baby teeth. They're going to fall out. So sometimes it's somebody telling you, yeah, that's uh, that's OK. It's her baby teeth. It's going to fall out. Like and sometimes it's just hereditary. My son has no cavities. Mm-hmm. And well, sometimes we need that outside reassurance, you know? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. somebody just saying, you know what? That's that's why we have dentists like. Exactly. And you're not alone because he would not have a job if you were the only one. (laughs) So even if you feel like you're doing everything, you know, I just use a toothbrushing. 
I brushed her teeth. We flossed. We did all these things. Um, and she still got a cavity. Like that happens, right? Yeah. It still happens. But what That's can you do? Okay. You, have a cavity. you can go to the dentist. You can get the cavity filled. If it's a baby tooth, it's going to fall out. Even mm -hmm. nowadays, if it never came back, you can get, I don't know, fake teeth. There's, there's, yep. there's solutions. There's always a solution. Yes. You bring up a great point. There are always solutions. Yes. There are always solutions for parents. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, well, I want to, um, do you want to leave the parents with how can they find you to, to work with you and, um, yeah, let us know. Yes. Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is the autism consultant. And then I also do have my autism actions plans. I'm sorry, autism action plans, online course that has literally anything and everything that you would need an action plan on. I basically, you know, here's former special ed teacher in me. I've basically taken data over the past, you know, however many years on what are the most common topics that are coming up for parents. And I'm giving an easy way for you to get the action plans and the information that you need to support your child and to move them forward. So I look forward to connecting on Instagram and, you know, learning more about parents. And I love when parents reach out to me too. No, no DM ever goes unanswered from me. Oh, so that's good to know. yeah, feel free to reach out and let's chat about your child. Yes. So we are um, going to be ending, but we'll hopefully we'll have back because we have so many different topics we could talk about. Um, so we will have her back. If you have any questions, her DMs are open and um, I'm sure on your Instagram, they can link to um, your website and things like that to find out more information and reach out. She's always super nice about getting um, back and just her Instagram alone has lots of, um, I like to say actionable, actionable yeah. steps. That's not the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're giving you things that you can do that are practical. Yes. And I try my hardest to do that, be as simple and practical as possible where parents can take something away and implement it. Because I remember being in the classroom when, when I was an autism teacher and there, if there was something that I was having a hard time dealing with, you know, I would go to the autism specialist for the district and I would ask her a question. And sometimes she did tell me things like read this book or research this. And I was like, no. Just right. give me simple, actionable steps. How right. can I take action today and solve my problems? So I right. try to be respectful and do the same thing for parents. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. We're like, no, this behavior is happening in the classroom tomorrow. I need to know what I can do to exactly. help tomorrow. So parents, that's that's where her passion is coming from because we want we know that it can happen. You want the things to be able to happen. The next day is not just a support and saying, hey, you're doing a good job or this is what you can do. Actually, this is what you can do. So awesome. I look forward to you guys connecting with Molly and we will be back. If you guys have any other topics that you might want us to chat about, then hit either one of us up. Yes. And I can't wait to have you on my podcast as well to talk all things IEPs. That'll be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a such a good day. Same to you. Bye bye. bye.